Hello, thanks for tuning in. This is Dan. Welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast and my mini experimental series, Reflections from the Great Pause. This is episode six. If you've tuned in previously, you know the format. If you haven't, uh, this is a little experiment where I've sent five questions out to some friends and uh, uh, previous guests on the show and and other folks, and I've asked them uh, to send in... um, via audio the answers their answers to these five questions and those questions are where are you and who are you with what are you struggling with the most during these times have you started doing discovered always done something that's bringing you joy in these times what are you hoping could emerge from these times and finally what bits of getting back to normal do you hope will not return uh, and there was also an off uh, an offer to share anything uh that folks might want to and that's it and i've just been um uh, they've been coming in and they're beautiful uh just lovely reflections and observations and thoughts from people and i've had some really lovely feedback from people that are listening they're really enjoying them so um this was an experiment i wasn't quite sure what was going to come in and how to edit it up and i've ended up just like cutting them back to back stitching them together pretty much as they've come in um otherwise i was going to spend my life trying to edit them up so they're just raw from different people and i just set them up and off we go so i've had great joy from listening to these and um super insightful and i hope you enjoy listening to them too so apologies for the little pause in between episodes i'm trying to get these out as regularly as i can but um there is a little bit more workload than i'd anticipated and this week has been back to homeschooling which has been a little bit uh lively here in my house and um i've had a couple of uh, projects kicking off as well which i'm not complaining about is um uh, i'm very grateful to have some work keep me going um so yeah anyway so this is episode six in um we're going to kick off in this episode with an offering from alice howard vise and alice is in her words a humanity-centered designer i love that uh, and facilitator and she's based out in australia um and alice in her kind of description is on a mission to co-create a kinder fairer greener future now i met alice um a couple of years ago on the most awesome uh, course down at schumacher college in devon which is called co-creating the emerging future what a great name um well i've actually been a guest lecturer on that course since it started it's fifth year now um and i met alice there um when i was down there for a couple of days she was on um on the uh, that year's cohort and i just really um yeah really loved the way alice kind of sees the world and uh and uh, the way she thinks and um, interacts with uh, with stuff, and we've stayed in touch. And I was really, yeah, I was curious to see what Alice's take would be on all of this. So um, check out Alice. You can find her on Instagram at at Alice HV. Um, but let's cut in. This is Alice Howard Vise. Hi, Dan. Um, this is Alice. Uh, I am just res- going to respond to your questions that you sent me on Instagram. So thank you for that. Thank you for posing them. Um, so question number one, where am I now and who am I with? Right now I am walking through bushland on North Head on Guringai country in the Eora Nation, which is uh, northern, the northern beaches of Sydney. Um, so that's where I am, Gurungai country in the Eora Nation, um, in some beautiful bush. And I am here with some birds and some trees and nobody else, thankfully. <laughs> Question number two. What am I struggling with most during these times? Um, I think the thing that I'm struggling most with... Um, although the struggles died down, was just comprehending the scale of the change and of what's happening um, and trying to navigate the emotions that go with it. So where should I be? Who should I be with? Should I be with family? Should I be in Australia? I think that's the main thing that I'm struggling with um, in these times. 
I find that I struggle most when I let my um, sphere of concern grow so big to encompass the whole world, although that's where my heart wants to go. Um, But that makes me struggle to comprehend and to think about the scale of of what's happening in in other countries um, and particularly what will happen in less privileged countries um, than ours. Um, And then on a personal level, I'm struggling with not having hugs (laughs) as a single person. I miss skin time. Um, Okay, question number three. Have you started doing slash discovered, always done something that's bringing you joy in these times? Um, Yes. Yes, keep doing, um, I'm keeping doing slowing down, which is really nice. That was something that I wanted to start last year and kind of did, but slowing down feels really good. Um, And always doing things like fitness and yoga, meditation. I found that I'm being much more um, disciplined with my practice, so um, that is making me keeping me on the straight and narrow and definitely bringing me joy. Um, And I've been connecting with my housemate. Um, She's usually working really hard um, and in the city a lot. So we've only lived together six months and I haven't really spent a lot of time with her. And um, that has brought me joy. And we've been, um, yeah, learning new things together and learning about each other. And that feels nice. Question number four, what are you hoping could emerge from these extraordinary times? Oh goodness, what couldn't emerge? There's such a, there's such an open window of possibility right now as everything's changed and structures have changed and we can see what's possible. Um, so yeah, what could emerge? There's everything in between, I think, about all the different possible futures. So. Um, What I hope to emerge is a greater sense of um, a possibility of agency in creating and shaping a future and and responding to the climate emergency. Um, That is what I'm really hoping could emerge. Community, a greater sense, an expanded sense of community to encompass all living beings and, and a greater understanding of systems change um, and what's possible so that's what I'm hoping could emerge is a greater sense of compassion care community um, and awareness that is what I'm hoping (laughs) question number five what bits of getting back to normal do do I hope will not return Um, gosh the busyness the distractedness the sense of flying around everywhere, buzzing around like like flies without actually any real sense of direction. Um, so I hope that it won't be a, um, yeah, a return to that, both on a personal level and on a, and on a more global level. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm hoping will not return. <laughs> buzzing around distraction busyness and lack of care and attention on the things that are important anything i want to share with others right now a project poem a song a book action words oh gosh there are so many things that i want to share with you i wish i could share with you the swamp that i'm at which earlier in the year um you know it was terrifying everything was covered in smoke and there was no water in the swamp and there was no sound of frogs. Um, And so what I can share with you right now, what you might be able to hear are some frogs (laughs) and some birds. Um, So yeah, that's what I would like to share and a vision for um, growing the Center for Compassionate Humans wherever and however that looks in the world. So thank you for asking me the questions and um, I'm really happy to be part of this and wishing you and your listeners and your family lots of love, health and happiness uh, in these hard times. Mm. Thanks, Dan. (laughs) 
It was uh, Earth Day yesterday, and um, yeah, I've always said I'm, I'm more of a everyday Earth Day kind of chap. But it was, uh, it was um, there was uh, some really good energy uh, uh, sort of coming um, through the internets, and um, my friend Mark Ink in Amsterdam sent me a film called Wisdom Weavers of the World. Um, and uh, it's it's on YouTube. It's worth checking it out. It's basically 13 indigenous elders from around the world coming together to co-create a message for humankind, weaving wisdom of diverse cultures and life waves, uncovering one common thread. For humanity to survive, we must shift our consciousness from the mind to the heart. And uh, yeah, that struck me. And it's a lovely, beautiful little film. It's worth a watch. Wisdom Weavers of the World. Um, anyway, that was World Earth Day. Check that out. Wisdom Weavers of the World. Um, and uh, I saw two foxes yesterday as well, which was quite interesting. When I was on my run last night, um, one very, very close up, right through this hedge. Uh, hmm, the fox is always an interesting character, the fox, to come across uh, in your hood. Um, so, yeah, uh, big day. Anyway, moving on. My next offering is from Al Kennedy. Now, Al is someone I've known for many years, and uh, I think the best, well, Al, if you if you look at Al's Instagram feed, it says, unlearning every day, whatever the question, nature has the answer. And I think that's a very, uh, that's a solid description of where, um, where Al is at. He is um, a business designer, a social business designer, and a leadership coach. But Al is someone who's been kind of deeply inquiring into the multiple crises we find ourselves in for for many years we've done a lot of uh, a lot of journeying together we've sat around a fair few fires um uh, uh unraveling over the years um and i think al has also he's been on right on the forefront really leading edges of kind of exploring you know, this kind of more connected, nature-inspired, nature-connected way of thinking about design and business. And um, he's also a, yeah, a good friend. And he's a very kind, very creative human. Makes pretty good bread as well. So, yeah, Al is someone I'm always looked to, always interested in what he is up to and uh, what he's got to say. So, um, yeah, was keen to hear where Al's head at is right now. So let's go to an offering from Al Kennedy. Hey, Dan. I trust you are well and your family's well. Um, So, yeah. So I think the last time we were together was probably in London with XR. Back on the street. And that feels weirdly like another sort of world altogether, doesn't it? You know. Maybe even strangely simpler, but um, in many ways. But yeah, so look, thanks for the kind invitation and um, and the space to share some thoughts and reflections and broadcast my uh, <coughs> dulcet tones across the airways. So, you know, I think perhaps like most of us, my mind's been all sorts of places recently. But, um, you know, first off, I just want to kind of express... My gratitude, really. You know, I'm very privileged uh, to be where I am right now, I guess, is an understatement. So much pain going on in the world. So, you know, I just want to put that out there. You know, um, I'm fully aware of my position and privilege. So, uh, in a good spot. So, a couple of questions. Where are you right now and who are you with? Well, um, I'm home with my family. So we're all safe and healthy, thankfully. And, um, you know, home is, well, home for the last 14 years has been an old farmhouse located on the edge of the Somerset Levels. It's about an hour south of Bristol. So we're in a pretty good, beautiful spot, really, Um, surrounded by space and some good nature. It's a beautiful day out there. Spring is springing. Um, so we're very blessed. So yeah, I mean, I'm in a in a pretty peaceful place. So life has hasn't slowed down too much for me. It's remained pretty 
pretty constant to be honest but um yeah we're pretty used to it i guess um i mean that's been designed in a very deliberate way so uh you know i sleep well at night if my woodshed is full that's kind of my measure so i'm pretty good um so i'm here with my family so my family's my partner tamsin my three teenage kids, Louis 19, Maya 17, and Marilyn 13, and our dog Bailey. Um, so yeah, we're all we're all in it together. So we're all safe and well, and we're uh, sort of microdosing our way through our limited nature prescription and uh, wrestling what can only be described as sort of clockwork rural broadband. Um, that's a bit of a challenge when you've got three teenage kids in the house, but you know, we're finding our rhythm, we're finding our balance, it's all good. So, um, I think that's causing them most stress than me, but um, yeah, we you know we're getting we're reconnecting, it's 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 yeah, we're finding our finding our community in the house, it's good, and we're enjoying each other a bit more, so that's all good. So, question two, what are you struggling with the most during these times? Um, generally, I'm pretty good. I think, as I said, my world hasn't changed too much, but I think it's going to get a lot harder before it gets better for a lot of people, not just me. But um, unfortunately, that's that's going to be the case, I think. Um, I'm struggling with all these books around I'm surrounded by that I haven't read that's causing me some stress but I'm also struggling with I guess initially I think I know things have calmed down a bit but this sort of rush to solution and this rush to what I describe as sort of knowingness you know there's a lot of activity a lot of a lot of companies and businesses and you know brands or whatever kind of rushing to write a brief around this or use it as an opportunity to come up with some campaign or I don't know I find that all a bit got to say a bit tiring um so I struggle with that and I think you know I, I think we need to sit in this a bit more in this kind of this threshold I guess a bit more deeply um you know and yeah, we, we we need we need to slow into it. We need to ease into it. You know, maybe maybe there's some grief involved, but I think we need to sit in it a bit more. And I've always been interested in this idea of of what um, this English poet John Keats described as negative capability. And um, <clears throat> it's sort of a, it's sort of an idea that that celebrates intuition and uncertainty above reason and knowledge. I kind of like that. Uh, in, in his letters, Keats wrote, you know, he writes about negative capability as um, beauty and the imagination and, and, you know, and I quote, when man is capable of being in uncertainties, mysteries, doubts, without any irritable reaching after fact and reason. So I think, you know, like I said, I think sitting in this a bit longer and really trying to work out what's next is probably the best place for me anyway. That's kind of how I'm dealing with it. Um, so less of a struggle perhaps, but more of a, just a, an understanding and, a, and a, an acceptance. But um, maybe, maybe one sort of struggle might be just the sort of search for some truth, I guess. So as I'm sitting in this kind of space not really knowing where the truth is uh, or, or you know trying to find a truth or my truth I find that all a bit unnerving a bit unsettling you know whether it's facts or stats or whatever it might be I kind of I don't know where the truth is anymore I think that's 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 a that's a point of struggle for me so you know and I struggle with all this like we all do you know there's a lot of pain in the world there's a lot of inequality there's a lot of stuff going on that just seems so wrong um, and I suppose, you know, mixed in with that, a certain level of guilt, I feel sometimes, you know, can feel a little bit useless, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a privileged position, but I suppose, you know, all I can be really, you know, is a good companion and a, and a, and a good father and, you know, 
give out the love a bit more, more than I ever have. So that feels that feels right and a good thing to do. Um, so yeah, so I might also struggle a bit with how the kids might view this world and what's happening in it and how they navigate it in the future. So that, that's a bit of a struggle, but you know, they seem pretty resilient. So I'll keep checking in with them and, you know, as long as that broadband keeps piping in, I think they're okay for the moment. But, um, yeah, aside from all this current crisis, I think, you know, there's obviously ongoing crisis, climate crisis, you know, these things haven't gone away. There's lots of stuff to still deal with, so you know, there's there's a lot to there's lot there's lots of stuff that's been kind of loaded on that again takes me back to this space, this kind of this this holding space, this threshold where you know I really need to sit into it and really kind of absorb it before I kind of make any any clear thoughts. You can probably tell. <laughs> so question three, how or have you started doing discovered or always done something that is bringing you joy in these times well um you know like everyone else it seems bread baking is is the thing so um <clears throat> doing my fair share of that I'm trying to teach some of my friends how to do it weirdly they've never been near an oven in their life but you know that's all good and I've just been really focusing on some detail, you know, really, really looking, really, really listening. I've been doing some field recordings and stuff and just kind of really tuning into to what's right here what and, and right now in front of me. So that's really, that's become really important. Give me a, a bit of joy amongst the kind of veg growing and stuff like that. So, yeah, just just celebrating what's here and now and, and really focusing on it, really looking at the detail, just taking the time, you know. And as I said before, feeling feeling a, a huge amount of gratitude um, to be where we are and, and with the family really safe and healthy. So that's all good. Um, next question. So what are you hoping could emerge from these extraordinary times? Ooh, that's a biggie. Um, well, as I said, you know, I, f I feel like we're kind of in this in this this gap between two things. Um, we're in this space, this liminal space, I guess, between maybe what might be described as two worlds, a kind of pause, as you, as you described and others have described. Um, and I think, you know, it, it goes back to a quote by Viktor Frankl, which is, which he said, between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that. We need to really just kind of be very mindful of how we respond to this. Um, so that's going to take some time. So as you probably can tell, the theme of the day for me is just not rushing into anything at the moment. Just taking the time. Um, and, I, you know, in my work as a, as a coach and, and coaching, you know, using nature... I can just see how how space and, and that holding of space, you know, especially outside, is, is can can be really transformational for people. And I think we kind of, you know, as you know, we you know, we disconnected from that quite a lot, or we need to find our way back. So I think you know the what I hope will emerge out of all this is just our kind of our. our understanding that we're all really interconnected and we just you know that idea of communing together again perhaps around ritual and just making meaning out of it and and sharing conversation and dialogue and you know really simple stuff but i think it's just kind of we've, we've become too transactional and i think it's it's uh yeah, it's 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 going to become more and more important that 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 human connection, you know, as we've seen, it's being taken away from us. You know, we now value it, and it's kind of a kind of a a weird tragedy that. You know this this virus has has separated us, and it's kind of holding up a mirror to where we are at in society potentially. So we need to get back to that. 
that's what I'd like to see emerge, you know. Um, what else? I'd like to see, yeah, you know, the things that maybe we have taken for granted. Um, and, you know, you see a lot of people now out in nature, really appreciating it, taking that time, reconnecting. Maybe again, we've taken it for granted, but, you know, these are very simple things that are kind of available, or should be available to all of us. And, and you know, we need to make efforts to make sure that they are available to everybody. Um, that time and that space. Um, so, yeah. So what else needs to emerge? Well, again, another quote, you know, a favourite of mine from Gregory Bateson. The major problems in the world are a result of the difference between how nature works and the way people think. So I think, you know, the common theme in all of my work um, is around how we use nature as a, a mentor and a model. Um, and perhaps this is a good reminder. So, yeah, claim back our human agency, really, you know, get back to our own human nature. Um, get back to connection, get back to communion, get back to the human scale of things, get back into rhythm, get realigned with nature's patterns. I think that's, you know, all these recurring themes, you know, become very, very clear to me. Um, I think we got a bit lost, so we've really just got to stop outsourcing ourselves for others' profit, you know. We've just got to, um, yeah, you know, value ourselves more and, and, and reimagine what, you know, the life that we can lead, you know, understand that we're all independent, you know, you save me and I save you, you know. Um, these are the things that we need to remember, so... Um, get back to get back to nature okay question five uh what bits of getting back to normal do you hope will not return mm. um yeah i don't really i suppose i don't really recognize normal but yeah i know what you mean i think i'm a bit fearful of trying to replicate what we had before um yeah getting back to normal that's that's problematic but yeah um i suppose you know as a designer you know I'm, I'm a big advocate for less is more you know i think i think we kind of realize that now perhaps for those that can um and i just don't want to see us return to sort of living in the future you know this kind of what's next what can i buy next yeah i don't want to see any of that so maybe you know as i said before living very much more in the present appreciating what we've got you know maybe collectively we can write some new stories you know just just kind of find new happiness in what's around us what we've already got and stop searching for other stuff you know as i said stop outsourcing our contentment somewhere else you know it's tedious it's a waste of money other people profit from it we don't need to do that we're better than that live in the moment you know not the future that's a massive lesson for me uh, and i'm trying to you know, pass it on to my kids. It's the only thing I do. Um, that will that will hold them in good stead, I think, and perhaps for all of us. Um, so yeah, what else? I don't want to return. Um, well, I don't think there's any going back to this new, new normal. I think this is the kind of way it is. This is the new normal. I think you know, certainly for my kids anyway, and everyone else's. Um, you know, it's going to be ever changing environment that we live in now um it might feel a little bit more extreme but i think we'll adapt we'll have to um but we'll have to do it together i think that's the key thing you know we've got to help each other out more we've got to we don't want to go back to creating more more division more distance you know it's just not it's just not the way forward so i don't want to see any of that again really okay pay attention um so yeah, you know, the common theme, just just appreciate what we've got, you know, find our find our humanity again, our human nature. Let's get the basics right first before we get excited about all the other shiny shit. Um Yeah, let's let's feed people, house people, look after people. That seems like a pretty good foundation to start with. Um so maybe we can 
have a bit of a sense check when things kind of level out. So, you know, even though I do work, uh, I suppose, in what might be described as more the human end of tech, um, I still think this quote to be true. Um, and maybe it's kind of a guide for what happens next. But John Nesbitt said, the most exciting breakthroughs of the 21st century will not occur because of technology, but because of an expanding concept of what it means to be human. So that feels like a good message to me. So... Let's not go back and get obsessed with the tech. It's a tool, but I think our humanity and, and our and our concept of what it means to be human, the stories we tell and how we do it together are, are really important, or certainly more important. Okay. Um, so, yeah, last question. Anything you want to share with others right now? Well, I think I've gone on long enough, to be honest. My dulcet tones of... Um, the privilege of your ears for maybe too long, but maybe just just quickly, um, you know, to summarise, I guess, thinking how I inhabit the world as I go forward, how I want to turn up, the work I want to do, and I suppose all of this is really a little bit of a full circle for me as a as a designer and an artist. I think I want to kind of move my work into that space more often, or, or you know, more so. And how I kind of make sense of the world, as, as you can probably tell, is a bit of a, a meandering experiment and um, a constant source of uh, distraction for me. So that inquiry is ongoing, but I think one of my favourite artists, um, Joseph Boys, described everyone as, everyone is an artist. And again, I kind of like that. I think it's potentially how we could reframe things a bit and um, I'm going to be doing some work on a programme with Tavistock Institute uh, over the next year collaborating with artists and performers and dancers and poets and writers and sociologists and all sorts of interesting people and I think um, we'll, be, we'll be playing with some ideas around social dreaming and, and maybe yeah, weaving in some kind of um, obviously nature-based work but I think you know, finding new ways for us to, to know and sense is, is something I'd like to share with people. Kind of find a more embodied way to connect and, you know, get out of our heads a bit more. And I don't mean that in a kind of, you know, uh, teenage sense. But I think just get back into our bodies, start to find a way to sense and, and be more creative. And, 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 you know, and that can be in, in the everyday. So I'll finish with a poem from the German artist Joseph Boyce who who tried to sort of encourage us to in, um, invest some soul and passion in our work, whatever that might be. So, you know, less knowing, more sensing and less doing and more being. And what he meant by that was, well, I think whether you're a more a a mother or a manager, a bus driver or a politician or whatever, you can be you can be creative in your own way. And so I'll finish with his poem. How to be an artist by Joseph Boyce. Let yourself fall. Learn to observe snakes. Plant impossible gardens. Let someone dangerous in for tea. Make small signs that say yes and spread them all over your house. Become a friend of freedom and uncertainty. Look forward to dreaming. Cry at the movies. Swing as high as you can on a swing at moonlight. Maintain different moods. Refuse to be responsible. and Do it out of love. Take a lot of naps. Pass on money. Do it now. The money will follow. Laugh a lot. Bathe in the moonlight. Dream wild imaginative dreams. Draw on the walls. Read every day. Imagine you're enchanted. Giggle with children. Listen to old people. Open yourself. Dive in. Be free. Praise yourself. Let go of fear. Play with everything. Preserve the child in you. You are innocent. Get wet. Hug trees. Write love letters. Stay safe. Big love. 
Um, just reading, started reading a book called Instead of Education, Ways to Help People Do Things Better um, by John Holt, who has written several books on all around the sort of homeschooling movements over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a fascinating book, just started it actually. And um, But you know, his whole thing, well he actually, I think he sees sort of education as kind of like the most destructive thing we can do to ourselves um telling people what they should know and uh, what they shouldn't know and then judging them for what they should or shouldn't know um anyway it's a pretty uh, explosive book but um you know his whole thing is like you know you learn through doing and uh, that's the only way you can't learn about things without doing them so why don't we just do things and learn through that process and uh, anyway i thought i'd just read a little bit at the start the first sort of page i hit on in the introduction today it says um the best and only really good place for doers would be a society that does not yet exist. In that society, all people of whatever age, sex, race, etc. could have work to do which was varied and interesting, which challenged and rewarded their skill and intelligence, which they could do well and take pride in doing well, over which they could exercise some control and whose ends and purposes they could understand and respect. Today, very few people feel this way about their work. Only a small number of artists, artisans, skilled craftsmen, specialist professionals and a few others. Beyond this, all people would feel, as very few people do now, that what they thought, wanted, said and did would make a real difference in their lives and the lives of people around them. Their politics, like their work, would be meaningful. Their elected officials would be public servants, not petty kings and emperors. They would shape and control the society they lived in instead of being shaped and controlled by it. In such a society, no one would worry about education. People would be busy doing interesting things that mattered, and they would grow more informed, competent and wise in doing them. They would learn about the world from living in it, working in it and changing it, and from knowing a wide variety of people who are doing the same. But nowhere in the world does such a society exist, nor is there one in the making, except perhaps in societies too small and primitive to be helpful. We have no models to go on. We must invent and design such a society for ourselves. Neither in the United States nor any other countries I know of are there more than a handful of people thinking and talking seriously about what such a society might be like or how we might make it. What people talk and argue about instead is growth, efficiency and progress and how human beings may best be selected and shaped, educated and used for those ends. Anyway, it's um, it's uh, it's an interesting book for these times. So moving on uh, to uh, the final offering of uh, this episode six, and uh, this is from uh, Natalie Fee. Now, Nat has been a previous guest on the Spaceship Earth uh, last year. It was a long, uh, one of my favourite episodes actually was with Nat. Um, so. If you want to know more about Nat, you can you can check back in in the in the previous episodes. Um, but Nat is um, founder of um, Ocean Plastics campaigning organisation uh, and platform really City to Sea, who you may have come across do sort of amazing creative campaigns um, that are shifting uh, there to shift our behaviours around how we uh, the things with sort of the plastics we're using and disposing of, and also to um, campaign for big shifts in systems and policies around the production and manufacture of loads of things that we that big companies sell us which are, are just massive pollutants basically um lots of stuff uh also connected to um sort of toilet behaviors and um bodily functions and stuff like that and that's uh particularly see you're like all over that stuff and it's fantastic what they do um so check them out she's also author of how to change the world for free uh, which is a cracking book, well worth a read. And yeah, and that is, she's an artist, she's a real creative. Um, she's also a, a, an amazing speaker and she's just an all-round awesome human, Nat. So um, yeah, I'm going to move to this offering from Natalie Fee. Hello, this is Natalie Fee radioing in from Bristol to Spaceship Earth. Question one, where are you right now and who are you with? Well, right now, right now, I am in my kitchen in Bristol um, with myself and all the different 
aspects of myself sitting here at the kitchen table. And upstairs is my teenage son, who is my lockdown buddy. Question number two, what are you struggling with the most during these times? Well, it's been a bit of a journey. I would say that the first week or two of the current pandemic was most challenging for me. I have um, or live with general health anxiety, which I normally manage quite effectively, but along comes a global pandemic and um, it gets massively triggered. And so I definitely felt the first couple of weeks like I was a, a rabbit in the headlights, feeling very out of my body and disassociated, lots of fear coming up. And I did my spiritual well-being ninja work on that as much as I could. I meditated more. I danced, had hot baths, looked after myself, switched off my news notifications and was sort of got involved in things in the community which helped others because I found that's a really good way to get out of one's um, fuddle if one is in a fuddle. I also did an Instagram video on that for people that want to know also how to get themselves out of fuddles. <laughs> I think I just made up a new word. Question three, have you started doing, discovering, always done something that is bringing you joy in these times? I'm going to say that again. Question three, have you started doing, discovered, always done something that is bringing you joy in these times? Great question. So once I'd got over the initial panic, and then I'd got over the next thing of thinking that I need to do something original and online and pivot my pivot like everyone else, or it seemed like everyone else, I realised I could actually just relax and let City to See do its thing and, and sort of help support City to See through this time. And then these poems started emerging, playful poems that aren't about the environment, um, or anything spiritual or anything environmental, actually, just playful poems, which I've been loving. They've been coming at a rate of about two a week. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Question four, what are you hoping could emerge from these extraordinary times? Well, a, a new poetry book, <laughs> just on a purely selfish level on a planetary level I hope that we carry forward these um, strengthened deepened connections with our communities and our local food growers and our local shops um, and that we carry on supporting each other through the whatsapp groups and that's that's really what I'm feeling like I would love to carry forward I mean also people doing video conferencing and not traveling so much to get to meetings, uh, especially from in work situations. Question five, what bits of getting back to normal do you hope will not return? Well, I have, hang on, question five, what bits of getting back to normal do you hope will not return? As much as I miss people and all the events and talks and sort of corporate events that I was doing and festivals I don't really want that frenetic pace to come back and because certainly more has been emerging for me creatively when I spend more time at home and I yeah I haven't missed that pace of life I've I've the the idea of sort of you know having lost a lot of opportunities to sell my book you know I was going to be speaking at Hay Festival and some really lovely big literary events and some great big lovely um, festivals and things and I am sorry that that's not happening but we've been sort of trying to be creative and come up with new ways of doing that but yeah the pace um I would like to maintain some semblance of of peace and staying a bit more local. Anything else I want to share with others right now? Well, it would be rude not to share a poem with you, wouldn't it, given that I just said I'm writing playful poems, and given that this is spaceship Earth, I'm gonna share a poem called "If the Earth had a Birthday," which I think I wrote because I realized it was 
going to be Earth Day soon. Or by the time you listen to this, it might have just been Earth Day. So here is a poem called If the Earth Had a Birthday. If the Earth had a birthday, it would be so much fun. A day every year to shine back at the sun. We'd light up the skies with an I love you. Hop up mountains dressed like a kangaroo. We dance in the forests and skip in the streams, sing songs to the shadows and shush our machines. No one would go out to work that day. We'd wake up with the light and get ready to play. Bake green and blue cakes that taste really nice, but that make a big bang when you cut off a slice. Everyone would write down the wild bits they treasure, the things on the earth that give them the most pleasure, like soft mossy carpets or babbling brooks or the flowers that grow in the pavement's nooks. The buses and trains would be free to ride so everyone could go out to the countryside. There'd be giant picnics and parties galore. The grandads and grannies would roll on the floor. The doctors and nurses who couldn't join in would have rainbow biscuits in an earth-shaped tin. And anyone too poorly to go outside would be given a sunflower to keep by their side. The whole day would be gentle and kind and good at the seaside, the river, the park or the wood. We'd give thanks for the wonderful stuff the world brings, for the air and the rain and the oceany things, for the soil and the bugs and the trees and the smells and the daisies and dandelions and watery wells. It would be a day filled up with singing and rest. Of all the days in the year, it'd be simply the best. When everyone joins in and remembers to say, our glorious planet, have a happy birthday. So there you go. A little update from Natalie Fee, author of How to Save the World for Free, founder of City to Sea, and other things that end in E, like playful poetry. Lots of love, over and out. Stay safe, everyone. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. I'm going to play out with the track because I kind of like doing that. And this is a one that I love. And it's uh, it's a James Blake track called I Need a Forest Fire featuring Bonnie Vare. And it's from 2016. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there. Keep the love high. Uh, until next time, peace and out. Stop me before I build